Well, welcome everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And bonjour from me, Sam. You're starting with French for the... Uh, I, 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 okay. was, I felt on the spot that time, so yeah. I just went with French. Yeah, fair enough. Um, today we're going to cover off cars to buy before they stop being made. So these are cars that you can currently walk into a showroom and purchase, and we've sort of picked a short list of cars that we think, if you've got the opportunity, you should go in and make that purchase because... They're not going to be available to buy brand new for much longer, or if they are going to be for around for another few years, uh, that they'll be the last one. Um, before we get into that though, uh, we forgot to give the Mark Seven Golf GTI Sam score in the last episode. So Sam, we did quick. It's only going to take two seconds. We're going to give it a nine. Nine on the Sam score. So just a reminder: if you haven't listened to our previous podcasts, uh, Sam scores are specification, acceleration, and manoeuvrability. So that's what they get scored on, and it's getting a 9 out of 10 from Sam. Sam's usually a little bit generous with some of his things, but I actually think um, I think a 9's, I think a nine's yeah. fair there. I mean, are we gonna, are you going to want me to Sam score all of these cars that you've got listed for today? No, you don't have to do a Sam score on these. I thought sure. the, the Golf... Well, um, you can give your Sam score. Yeah, I, I will, because I mean, this thing's going to be yeah. quite a miles-heavy podcast today. I'll just... Forewarn everyone and if you want to skip this to go to the next yeah, one. Everyone switched off. And there you go, episode 13. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be reasonably miles heavy and I'm just going to wade in with my opinions on each car because you've got the specs for most of the cars and this is this is very much your baby, this one. This is one where I just Where thought... I will give my, as always, impartial and in-depth opinion on a car, so... which is nothing to do with just whether I like the brand and the looks of the car. Yes. Um... So it's just going to be a list. We compiled a short list. Um, I okay it with Sam. Sam nodded in a corner while sipping a cup of tea. He did. He, and so so confident am I that this is a Miles Heavy podcast that I'm sat here with a cup of tea. Yeah. Precariously annoying Miles with him worrying that I'm going to be slurping tea and he's going to have to yes. try and edit it out. Yes, on the recording. No, and probably talking the wrong way into your cup of tea. No one. No, no. I, I am looking towards the microphone yeah. while speaking. Yeah. Um. So we'll start off. Uh. Audi RS3. Uh, the reason I picked the Audi RS3, it's going to likely be the last time the RS, um, the RS3 gets this five-cylinder engine um, that it's had now since 2012. They released uh, an RS3 with a five-cylinder. Originally, it came with a iron block, moved to an aluminium block on the facelift of the previous generation. So it was. For, for tuners out there, it was a, a bit better they were able to get. Um, I think there was one tuner, may have been Litchfield actually, that was able to get 500 horsepower from the previous generation. But forgetting modifications and everything else aside, this will be the last time that you can walk in. It's an expensive car. That's the only thing, £56,000. Um, but you'll get a five-cylinder soundtrack. You'll get Audi you know, hatchback, reliability, um, quite a nice cabin. A little bit upset. They they haven't brought to the UK the there's an option spec that they do in Germany, which livens up the cabin a bit. Put flashes of red everywhere on the seats and things like that. For whatever reason, they're not offering it in the UK, which I think is a bit of a shame. Um, you can spec it with a round steering wheel. You can have a flat bottom steering wheel. Ooh. Yeah, you can spec Fancy. one. <laughs> you you can spec one to be about seventy thousand pounds. Um, so it's an expensive car, and because of that, being a hatchback, as I said, starting at uh, fifty-six thousand pounds, 
I think that the market's going to be limited. But if you are sort of toying with the idea of spending a good chunk of money and you're always been a hot hatch fan, you, you possibly you've looked at electric or you've driven, driven something electric and you're kind of thinking, well, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to walk into a, a showroom and get a, a fully warranted brand new vehicle with a internal combustion engine that has a five cylinder soundtrack. This is pretty much your last opportunity. So, um, Sam, have you got any uh, specs for the RS3, actually? I did. I was on the page, and yeah. then whilst you were going off, I went on to build my RS3. Yeah, of course you did, yes. <laughs> I'm just going back to it now. I was right with pricing, because you can buy... Uh, you just double check. You were. I mean, I, I'm, I quickly typed it. Just quickly, I typed it in on Google. I just typed Audi RS3. Mm-hmm. And to link back to last week's podcast, the first thing that comes up on Google, do you want to guess what it is? I don't know if you've seen is it one of the, the discount it's car websites? It's Oh, Kazoo. Okay. your Audi RS3 here. I doubt um, that Kazoo have got an RS3 to sell. On Click Go- on the link. No, hold on. Let's just try this. They're, they're, they're advertising. It says used Audi RS3 yeah, okay. Kazoo. Well, Miles has been one well and truly shut what up. What have they got? Here. Have they got the new RS3 or not? No. What have they got? The previous generation. They've got, what, six? No, that's they've that's got not the- an RS3. Bottom left, is it? That's an RS3 saloon. God, that's really base spec. Okay, how many have they got? They've got three, uh, four coupes and two saloons. Uh, saloon versus uh, a hatchback. You hatchback, mean. sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. But they're all... Uh, the, so you've typed in... I've just typed used. in Audi Okay, no, I'll let them off. It um, does say used. But in Google's little right-hand side box, which gives you the the hard-hitting facts, if you yeah. like, just do quick off the top, it says RRP from 45,000. But I'm guessing that would be no. That's not right. No, it's either, it's either it's not right. Miles is Miles is challenging the conglomerate. Go on, Google. To, go on to Audi's website. I'm I'm pretty. I was, sure. and then you made me come off it. I was specking my Audi RS3. Go go and check out the models on Audi's website, and it, it will give you price. It will say the new RS3 from so and so. This is really good podcast material now. While I'm scrolling yes. across. I'm, I'm, I was pretty sure it was, it was 54, but I could have got the two numbers mixed around, to be fair, and it could be 45. I didn't think websites gave you, like, a from price anymore. If you keep going down, and you can look at the options of the ones they have. No? No, you can't. Go to the very top. Sorry, everyone. I know you're listening, and you're probably thinking, God, these guys could do a bit more preparation than this. Well... I thought we had. But we couldn't. <laughs> anyway, move on. Anyway. Um, so I'm going to go back to specking my RS3. Yeah, so you can have one in a Vorsprung um, spec. Sorry, you've got three there. Just Let me just have a quick look. You've got the standard one. Yeah, the standard one as it comes with silver wheels and silver sort of door line and everything like that. Then you've got... Is the that... carbon black. Carbon black, sorry. And then... The, the Vorsprung. Vorsprung, yeah. So you... What I quite like on the detail, on the styling, if you do go for one of the uh, two more expensive spec ones, is it's got all this black nose. Sort of it stuff does. In. Interestingly, the carbon black's got a a black spoil, a black rear spoiler. Yeah. Which the Vorsprung doesn't, but the Vorsprung has a black roof. Sorry, guys. I just wanted to say I selected you on that one. That's why. I thought it might just give a few details on the base one, but maybe I've got my numbers. Uh, the wrong way around, and it's forty-five instead of fifty-four. But um, I thought my uh, 
my number recollection was better than that. Anyway, doesn't matter. I will do some stuff while you're. You can have a research. And I'll see if I can do research. Next, on professional the... as ever on the miles driven. I know. Uh, up next, Toyota GR86. Now I know a few people will hear that suggestion and think, why the GR86? We've had the GT86. Um, why would the GR86 be anything of any great um, shape apart from that? Well, it's going to probably be the last manual, naturally aspirated rear-wheel drive coupe that you can go into a showroom and buy. There are a few other um, sort of turbocharged, more expensive uh, rear-wheel drive coupes that will offer a manual gearbox. But as far as we're aware, I think this is going to be priced at just a touch over £30,000, so sort of 30500 something like that on the road. You can obviously spec uh, colours and things like that will make it a little bit more expensive. And it's going to have, interestingly, um, so the GT86 came with the same Primacy uh, tyres. So it's Michelin Primacy, I think? Yeah. Or Bridgestone Primacy. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Michelin. Are we proven wrong almost immediately with Sam? Because Sam's got the computer. No, no, he's right. Yeah. Uh, so for once you've done a thing well done <laughs> they used to come with the primacy tyres and that meant just that you'd slip around a little bit more and be able to have a little bit more fun uh, they're now optional so you can have them on that or you can have them on a sticky set of uh, Pilot Sport 4s um, depending on how you want the car to be but it's going to be a 2.4 litre naturally aspirated engine and the GT86 it was a good car I can see some of the things that fell short I think the GR86 really has answered a lot of the criticism for it. And we just don't have a lot of options for coupes anymore. They've, they've just disappeared off the marketplace. If you think where we were a decade ago or just over a decade ago to now, try and think of a naturally aspirated coupe that you can buy. Try and then think of one with a manual gearbox. You, you really start to narrow your search, especially if you say it's got to be a brand new car. So the fact that Toyota are going to sell you this, with a warranty, you can walk in, get a finance deal on it and walk out. I I, I think if, if if you are the sort of person that would like to own a coupe and would like to have a petrol engine and a manual gearbox, take your opportunity, go out there and buy it. They're only going to sell this car in the UK until I think it's 2024, uh, late 2024, because of the emission regulations that are going to come in. Um, fair play to Toyota for, for actually releasing it here when they probably, it's going to be a low volume car for them. If you're listening in the US, you're going to have it for the whole time that it's released. I think it's going to do a six six or seven year lifespan there. Um, and there's a suit, you get the Subaru option as well, which I don't think in Europe we're going to see. It's going to be just the Toyota. Um, but to me, I, I think go out, and, go out and get it. I mean, it, yeah, okay, just over £30,000. Not the cheapest car you can buy, but certainly as a sports car, that's got to be down there with one of the cheapest. And I think you'll have a lot of fun in it. Will you be as quick as some guy in a in a much more powerful turbocharged hatchback? Not in a straight line, no. But will you have a bigger smile on your face? From what I'm hearing, I haven't driven the GR86 yet. We'll wait. There'll probably uh, be a few months before we can get our hands on one of those. But um, I, I, I just think unless, unless I got in it and I don't know, everyone's been, everyone who's had a, driving it so far has, has been uh, not telling the truth. I think it should still be a great car. So, Sam, what do you reckon? To the, you got an opinion on the GR86 or not? 
I'm fairly impartial with okay. them, to be honest. Um, I haven't seen many about to look at. I've not driven one. I don't not like it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of impartial. I agree with what you said, though. I think all your consumer advice has yes. been well pointed. I think the, th- the thing for me is, if you go out and buy the GR86, you are one of the few people that are actually not, because I think a lot of people will be indifferent to it. They'll say, yeah, nice enough car, but they won't want something about it. They'll say it's not fast enough, or, oh, I could, for the same money, I can get, you know, a Golf GTR. Well, you can't get a Golf GTR, but similar <laughs> similar payments, um, certainly. Uh, they'll, that will be a way a lot of people go. They'll choose practicality and speed. But you have to remember, we, we've grown up in an era of hot hatches becoming better and better and better. Just look at the RS3. There's still a compromise to those cars. They are still not set up in the way that a coupe is set up or a coupe as sam likes to call it <laughs> um and they're still not a sports car they're a hot hatch and you know they do amazing jobs some of them have got really great rally history so taking nothing away from them but i just think we should really enjoy um sporty looking cars because they are slowly just disappearing from the horizon and and pretty soon it's going to be just really high horsepower stuff um so gr86 if you're in if you're in the market and you think yeah do you know what i, I just need something to enjoy I, I i don't want to have a compromise of a hot hatch or anything else go and drive one once uh, once they're in showrooms i i say i think um it'd be a couple of months from now if you're in the uk similar story if you're in the us and europe um i think japan are only just about getting them on the road so yeah, we're still a couple of months out as this podcast is released, but um, nothing to say, don't nip down to a Toyota dealer and see if you can put your name down for a test drive. Next on the list, this is a bit of an interesting one, actually. Um, the Corvette, the Corvette C8, because it, it, we've never had a Corvette in the in the UK. Um, I know if, uh, if you're in the US, you might think, oh, Corvette, okay, what, because it's mid-engined and all the other ones have been front-engined. No, it's just that we're being offered the car. We almost definitely won't be offered the next one because of the way emissions and regulations are working. Um, If you've got the money in the UK and you're looking at Porsche or one of the sort of cars around this price bracket, I think it's going to come in at around £85,000. So it is Porsche territory, it's top-end sort of Audi, S5, going to RS5, BMW M3. So it's not, price-wise, it's not competing directly with rivals. We The prices think is still yet to be fixed, so it may drift its way up until it's going up against quite nice 911 Porsches. Um, and Yeah, I mean, I'm looking here, and it's saying that for a fully loaded 2022 Corvette Stingray, which I'm guessing is the sort of top-of-the-range yeah. one, Dollars wise, we're looking at one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. Dollars. So that's in the states. That's what they're buying them for. Um, So I mean, that would directly translate to about ninety thousand pounds. If my math is right, if my currency knowledge is correct, which nothing to say that it is, but but we (laughs) history would tell us that everything you say is usually slightly incorrect. (laughs) Um, But I don't think we're going to get that. uh, I think it'd be a slightly different spec anyway, but. We'll have to pay different yeah, just, taxes. Yeah, just, just, just a rough guide anyway. So, yeah, just a good 
Um, good, good to point that out actually. But I just I don't think it's going to go directly up against. I mean, if you if someone drives a Corvette in the UK, you can bet that the majority of people will just look at it and think it is. Yeah, I mean Ferrari, we, we covered this on um, one of our previous podcasts. Yes, I think we, did. we did quite an extensive little section on the we did. Corvette, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd pick it. I, I wanted to put it in the list because I thought, do you know yeah, what? Yeah, definitely. If if you're there now and you're sitting there thinking, do you know what? Um, well, for whatever reason it may be, you know, the opportunities come up, and you've been having a look around, and you're thinking, I'd like something that just is a bit different. Then this is probably going to be your one and only opportunity to go out and buy one of these in the UK with right-hand drive, um, and enjoy it because as soon as it comes here, I think it's going to have a couple of years, and then it's going to be really fighting against emissions regulations and it may just be that chevrolet decide no well no we'll we'll, uh, we'll pull that out of the right hand drive market or at least in the uk so um that made it onto the list i think i, I say looks wise sam that's all we can comment on at the moment for it yeah i, yeah, I think it's a pretty good looking car can um, get our hands on one yeah um next up there's an article on the miles driven website um still no bell disappointing it is it is um this is actually it's the the editor's pick story on the miles driven website when you go onto there and it's the bmw m340i um picked because as it stands at the moment this is the last bmw 3 series you can buy that apart obviously outside of the m3 uh, that doesn't have any hybrid package on it at all um so you know 320 as a mild hybrid then you have 330e and and obviously they do have the diesels which don't have um, some of the hybrid tech but if you're looking for a petrol something sporty bmw m340i only six cylinder in the range again put the diesel to one side um all the others are four cylinder petrols so this is the only six cylinder again m3 obviously has a six cylinder but this is the only one of the regular three series um it's not going to come with manual. You can't have a manual in it. But in this segment, that's probably not a huge loss. And just a very, very capable, you know, if you buy that as an estate, um, have it with, oh, Sam, Sam's just having a quick look at it on the iPad here. He's, he's just flashed up a couple of images. There's, there's, we, we talk, it's quite extensively discussed on the, on the website. So I'm not going to go too far into this particular car. But I think if you're out there and you're looking for family size vehicle, you want to have your fun. You you want to stay off the electric side of going hybrid or going fully electric for now. Uh, this is one of those cars that is just offering you pure petrol power. Um, it's got the engine that's also been put in the Toyota Supra. It's in the M4, uh, M540i. It was in the previous BMW M140i. It's a good, torquey, powerful engine. I think it's cranking... Uh, out about 375 horsepower in this guy's um so Ooh, close 380 well this is only in kilowatts but it's the same thing isn't it no no well the kilowatt thing is 275 yeah no so yeah, it's kilowatts different okay well i haven't got a bhp so it's as much as i can give you <laughs> <laughs> um oh I, I can't do the oh, can you do the translation on. i'm pretty sure that it's 375 no, uh, no. Well, I tried to change it to that, and it just keeps giving me the kilowatts. Because do a kilowatt trans. Uh... Three hundred eighty-two. Oh, wow! So, as usual, within well, I mean seven. Well, yeah, difference. seven, seven. 
If you're really angry about the difference of seven horsepower, please send a message into the Facebook page that Sam manages to say you're really angry. The, the about amount it. of angry messages I'm going to send to your Instagram <laughs> yeah, accounts. Yeah. Um, we did also say, by the way, it, as I go through this list, if we did say we were going to give them a Sam score as well. <laughs> yes, which we will um, do. We'll do that at the end. Actually, okay. we'll, we'll nip. I'll just jump in quickly because I haven't said anything yes. really. I do really like this, especially the touring, which is the estate, obviously. Mm. It's it's just a very nice looking car. I've always had a thing for the three series estates. Yeah, okay. In yeah. there, like yeah, yeah. in the sporty guys, if you like, not standard guys. No, like M Sport. But, yeah, if you get an M Sport, I, I've just always really liked them. Same with sort of the Audis. I think yeah. those two. If I had to have an estate, which is a weird thing to say, if you had to have an estate, but yeah, I I I definitely go with the BMW. I think it's a very nice looking car. So that's my two cents for that, which is worth every second. I think. <laughs> Uh, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Though, if you if you did want a fast estate car, they're they're very modifiable as well. You know, you can yes, you can buy you a li- little body to... kit for it, lower yeah. it so if you don't have to lower it, but put some nice wheels on it, tint the windows, put you a few put a few black to. bits on it. Yeah. And it's it's very nice. Well, and, and again, if you if you're not interested in modifying, but you go into a BMW showroom and sort of say, look, I want to have uh, this kit and that kit. There's quite a lot of uh, optional bits you can put on it, and also, I mean, it looks nice standard. It does. Wrong. It's, yeah. it's, it's a very nice looking car, standard. And also, the, the, the big thing I was going to point out is if you really are against that grill that we, that's been discussed, I think there's actually an article on the Marvel Driven called A Grilling, I think. Um, very snappy. Well yes, done. with a picture of uh, E46 uh, grills on it. <laughs> um, E46 3 Series grills, that's the 2003 2004 um, era for anyone who's, who's not too familiar with the BMW chassis codes um yeah if you really are against that grill but you still want you still like bmw you like the way they drive and you want something quick well if you get a 340i you don't have those big gawping grills you get the normal three series ones anything else sam on that one you want to add uh other than that it's just a very beautiful car in general not really (laughs) no okay that's fine um up gti volkswagen up you sound so excited by that. It's the I, way you said the name of the car was so well, different well, to anything else. The name has an exclamation mark at the end of it, and it's the only one, so you have to give it a bit of uh, joie de vivre on the way up. Joie de vivre. You started the French. Um, I just, at the moment, you can buy, I think they're a little bit overpriced actually now from where they first thought. Have you got a price on the set? Is it 17000 oh, You keep throwing these things at yeah. me. I think they were a bit cheaper when they launched, but I think you have to pay about seven, fifteen, fifteen thousand so two hundred and seventy-five British pounds. Yeah, the the fact to me that Volkswagen, I think you'd be a bit hard pushed actually to walk into a Volkswagen dealer and get them to sell you one because everyone, I mean, and I mean everyone, is just giving up selling small city-sized cars. The Toyota are going to drop the Ago entirely, which I I, I think is a real shame. It's a, it's a great little packaged car someone who just wants a small run around but when, when, when you say that you'd struggle to get them to sell you one you mean as because in, they're just not going to make them you don't think? as in yeah as if in you walked into the dealer and said i'd like to order a gold uh, an up gti they'd say, say have you seen this polo sir yes <laughs> I, I think they just say oh we don't know when we're getting our next batch in right okay. or uh, there's a six month stop at the factory or something like that but um there will be you can go on the website uh, on volkswagen's website they still appear so there's nothing to say that you couldn't put an order in at your local dealer. Yeah. For me, it's more a case of small, quick cars. This isn't a fast car, okay? 
but small quick cars have completely disappeared. And the most fun I've had on the road has been in small quick cars because anything with more than, I would say, 200-ish horsepower, if you start pushing it on the road, you're doing illegal speeds. And some people would say, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Yes, it is true. If you put your foot down in a 200-horsepower, unless it's a truck, you're very quickly going through speed limits. Are you referring to our friend Michael when you're saying about people arguing with you saying you're not doing illegal speeds by any chance? Possibly. <laughs> um, but this is, if you bought an up GTI, so you're £15,000, you put it down, you've got a brand new car with a warranty. Now, there's some compromises. The seats are not particularly well bolstered, but the actual interior, and I can say this from someone who's very tall and you know, broad in the shoulders and everything else. I fit. I fit in one. Well, Sam, you were the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's this thing of you, people look at them and say, "Oh, well, it's only a car for smaller people, or it's a car for people who are, you know, five foot five or whatever else." No, if you're a big guy, you can go and sit in one. And the, the amount of adjustment there is, you could go and take yeah, it for a drive. I mean, I have to say, I probably wouldn't buy one just to uh, just to show the other side. I'd probably be in with the people saying that I think it's too small. I, I personally wouldn't yeah. want... I knew someone that owned a Toyota... You're going to get there before me. The really small Toyota that was just two seats. Just two seats? Well, I think it was just... It was, and Polly was had it a hatchback? Back, it had back seats, but they weren't really seats. Really small Toyota, like an Argo, but smaller. The IQ. Yeah. Toyota IQ. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that was just... I didn't really like that at all. It's it's just too... The one that Aston Martin uh, yes, bought and rebadged yes. as Signet and sold yes. for £35,000 yes, with one. a leather interior. I, I'm not a fan yeah. of the small city car. No, but if we take out for a second... I, I, I can appreciate them. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not a fan of them myself. I find them to be quite... I mean, if you take the Igo, I can appreciate why you say that it's a shame, but they just don't... You don't feel safe when you're in it. Right, you know, like when you get yes. in some cars and you're like, "Well, I feel if it I had if I had a crash here, yeah. I'd be fine." Yeah. If you were in an Igo, I think if you had a crash, you probably think, "Well, I've had a good run." <laughs> I, I it's, it's like, for example, my car, like it's got very large, heavy doors. Yes. And it just makes you feel like, well, if I had an accident, I feel fairly confident. Yeah. Whereas the doors on that feel like they may have been made with papier mâché. I suppose the difference or is though thin cardboard these tracing small, paper. These small city cars are made for city dwellers. Oh no, no, no. I, I know they have a place. Yeah. Unfortunately, that place is in the city where yeah. I where you moved don't, away from. Yeah, where you don't village. like to be. In, in, in <laughs> where I like to be yeah. with my larger car that feels safe. Yeah. I, I think the big thing for me is, and we've discussed this before, if you want to have fun as a car enthusiast, and you don't have a huge budget, because. Who does, you know, who's out there saying, I want to spend 30, 40, 50, 60,000 pounds? Oh, yeah, on no, I'm with you on that. At 15,000 pounds. Now, the compromises for me, there's a few things with you have to hook your phone up to get navigation and stuff that's not too bad. The the seat bolsters are not great, they're, they're too flat. They, they've designed the seat, they've given it this tartan interior like the Golf GTI, yeah. but they haven't actually really bolstered the seats up. I understand why, because again, that's why if you're a bit of a bigger guy, you can get in it and feel okay, comfortable and, and everything else. But the the zip that this car has for me is the £15,000. You're not buying used. You, you know the history of the car. There's your brand new car, sir or madam. And go and have fun in it. And you could drive that car from the dealership. Okay, run it in for 
thousand miles or so. I don't just, but after that, you can drive that thing to the limit a lot of the time, have a load of fun, and you haven't got to worry that someone's going to have your license or you're going to actually be being a bit irresponsible where you are. You're going to be able to enjoy it and enjoy all of it. And it will be a great shame. I'm sure that car won't won't be much longer for this world. And so if you are out there and you think, you know what, I want to have fun again on the road. I don't want it to be huge horsepower. You've done all that. I mean, you can now buy cars that have got hundreds and hundreds and even touching on a thousand horsepower. So if you've got the budget. Well, so if you've got the budget, you can get one that's got about 1,500 horsepower. Yes, if, you if you've got the budget, yes. Um, but actually, for driving pleasure, uh, something like an up GTI, you're getting it, close the door, twist the key. You know what? It's a fair point because if you if you were to have, I'm gonna, we'll go away from the up, but we'll go, I'm going to move it on and use an example of the next car I know you want to talk about, which is the Yaris GR. Mm-hmm. So if you had a Yaris GR and a Chiron, I think genuinely, if you were just driving, so from your house to my house, I think you'd have more fun in the Yaris Unquestionable. Than the Chiron. Yeah. Unquestionable. The Chiron's fine if you want to turn up to in Saint Tropez. Yeah. And go and be glitzy in the evening. Even, or if even, you want to drive from Italy to somewhere else on yeah. a really long GT, then great. I'm sure it's lovely if you're on the motorway. When you're on a back road or a country lane, yeah, you want to be it's, it's, it's not as fun no, because you'd be worried about every little scrape that you've yeah. just caused thousands upon more than the cost of a Yaris. Yes. damage yes to your Chiron yeah yeah and also they all have a place don't get me wrong I mean hypercars have got a place and it's usually on your bedroom wall on a poster yeah but yeah I think but where you, would you if, have fun on the road you're, yeah. you're basically saying if outside right now you said well I've got a Yaris GR and a Chiron which one are you going to take home I'd be like well I'd love to drive the Chiron but I think I'll take the Yaris yeah the thing with the Chiron is you basically have to say right I'm going to go and head to the A5 yeah and, I'll, I'll and, have I'll, to go on all major all roads major to get roads. there, and yeah. it's going to be a two-hour journey to do this 30-minute drive. Well, it probably wouldn't be in a Chiron if you were doing no. it at night yeah. and it was quiet, but well, that's another subject we can get onto in another podcast about people going way too fast on public roads. But um, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, I just think if you are out there and you're saying to yourself, you know what, I don't want to spend loads and loads of money. I, I do want to have some fun. I know that everything is being thrown into electric and particularly in this end of the market for electric vehicles, they're low range, you know, they're sort of 150 miles and you're paying 25, 30,000, well, 25-ish thousand pounds. So to say you can have a petrol engine, you can have a sporty exterior. There is a company that do a bit of tuning for the Up GTI. They, they just give it a bit of a push. I can't remember, Sam, if you can check for me. I read about this a little while ago. I think it, it's either Revo. What am I looking for, sorry? So Up GTI. And it's either Litchfield or Revo that do. So if you type in Revo first, I think they did a package where you could have an extra sort of 20 horsepower um, and some suspension upgrades. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Yeah. Read about it quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did it give you a price, sorry, on what that would be to sort of do the upgrades? I don't know. I might have to come back to you with that one. No, that's fine. Um, but... What what I'm thinking is you could own this car for the first three years, enjoy it, and if you didn't want to sell it, you know, your warranty's done, or you buy one that's a year or two old, and you think, yeah, I've enjoyed it for a little while, but I would like it to be just a little bit quicker. You could nip into one of these, you know, big tuning houses that do offer guarantees on their work and everything else, spend a little bit of money, and 
it's not going to come out breathing fire and everything else, but it, it will just give a little bit of a bump up. So I just think up GTI, I think it does something like 65 miles to the gallon if you're just cruising along a, a motorway as well. So cars are becoming very expensive, not just to buy, but to maintain, to fuel, to, you know, road tax, everything else. This is one of those cars where you can stand out from the crowd a little bit and say, do you know what? I don't care what your top speed is. I don't care what figures you can quote for me it's all about putting a big smile on my face and this is one of those cars that i think um i think we'll be able to do it for not a lot of money but i I'm just sad to say I, I don't think it's going to be around much longer what have you got sam yeah so it turns out it's not actually revo as you thought another mistake for you Blimey. it's actually a uh, miltech that have done the, the okay that you were talking about um just oh. a, few, a few of the headline things it's 145 brake horsepower uh, it's got some war paint, as they call it, which is just a vinyl wrap. Uh, obviously, a new exhaust, being Miltech. Uh, you can go through the prices in a minute if you want to. Um, but they have upgraded the seats, which I know you were saying was one of the the minus points of the car. Yeah, they look as quite a good. standard. Cobra, so um, Cobra fixed, racing seats, aren't yeah, they? Fixed sort of back bucket seats. Yeah, you'd probably call them a bucket seat. But they you? still have the tartan style. Yeah, GTI sort of uh, leather surrounds. Yeah, um, and some actual bolsters in them. So yeah, um, that's so that. I think it's because what who does that? It's not actually Revo that do the remap either. How much is the remap? The the engine. The remap? remap's only two hundred and fifty, and that's a JBS remap. Right. And then how much is the exhaust? The exhaust was five hundred. Okay, so it's seven hundred and fifty mechanical yeah. to get your to get your hundred and forty five horsepower. The seats are fifteen hundred pounds, which is quite a lot. Ten percent. Ten percent of the purchase price of a base car. Yeah. But, but the, the top the price we're talking for this is nineteen thousand for the car that they're offering. Obviously that's got new wheels, new sorry, new alloys, new tyres. Suspension. The suspension they've upgraded. Exhaust. The exhaust. Remap. The remap. The seats. Seats. So and the, the and decal. obviously they then need to make some money on it themselves. Yeah. So But you're not gonna have the Revo sorry, the Miltech car. Yeah. If you do it yourself. But yeah. If you go and look at it, take a look online, just type in Miltech Volkswagen up GTI, you'll see it's quite loud. As in the looks, as yeah, in the visuals, yeah. Garish, you could call it, but that's personal opinion. <laughs> you, if you did it yourself, you could then just keep the standard car, have it looking like the standard car, yeah. but then know that it's not, if you like, so yeah. sort of the subtle tuning. Did it, I, I did, did it say anything there about warranties at all? Uh, it didn't. Okay, um, that's fine. We I don't do, just I want do some research on yeah. that. And no, just if we do an article, we can just, we can put it in that. But just a thought, because I suppose the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that's small, and it's not city size, but small, would be a Fiesta ST in that bracket. Now, I'm I'm not suggesting that that maybe probably doesn't go onto our list. Although, again, because I, I just think they'll do another Fiesta ST after this yeah. one. I mean, obviously, the one that's now is sixteen thousand. So similar price Ooh, to the GTI, to be fair. A lot more horsepower in a Fiesta as well. Is it really sixteen thousand? Uh, or is that for no, I, I think same, that's wrong. Yeah, that's sorry, that's just for the Ford Fiesta. Yeah. But I did type in ST. So it must be catching. Trust trusting your, Google again. That's I'm probably. trusting Google, but you know, I'm just, I've been sat next to you for too long. <laughs> it's making um, me wrong with everything I say. Well while you look at the Fiesta, I'm just gonna mention the next one, which you've already mentioned um, earlier on, but the Yaris GR, or GR Yaris, even as it should be, twenty four thousand for the for the Fiesta, Fiesta ST three, 
plus three three. So I mean, it's nine thousand pounds more than that up GTI, isn't yeah. it? Um, Sorry, anyway, more, more powerful than everything else. I just, yeah. I was just trying to think of if you were sat there and you did say, "I just want a fun thing to buy right now." There, there used to be, you know, you'd go and suggest Mini Cooper S, but that's a big car now and it's expensive. Yeah, I mean, it's not a Mini anymore, is it? Well, in the in the size that it's. Become, I mean, even, even when they I, brought out the 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 original new one, the R fifty three chassis. Yeah, yes. that was still. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's too big to be a Mini," but now you look at a Mini now. And it's like, well, that's the size of a Ford Focus. I think think it's a very easy thing for people to say, oh, minis aren't minis and blah, blah, blah. But actually, they've just become very bloated recently. Yeah, Um, they have, that's true. The the, the R53 shape, which was the 01 to 06, um, admittedly, it was bigger than the original. It had to be because, I mean, I can't even get in the old one. Uh, Sam, I think I don't think you get in the old one. To be honest, probably not. Our, our friend, uh, our friend Michael used to have one of the yeah, old ones. Yeah, he's very small. Oh, I don't think he'd like that. Yeah, but is he listening? No, probably not. <laughs> um, I think he's average, right? It doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> I just I was, I was going only, so far away from no, the car podcast I, now. I was only just thinking because the, the, he actually had that original mini and he fit in that okay. So anyway, the the point being of that is if they'd released a new Mini and it had been that size, people just wouldn't have been able to yeah, get anything. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, um, a, it was a car from a, a bygone age, if you like. Yes, but then from there, from that sort of 0106 shape to the R53 into the R56 chassis after that, the 07 to 13, that was a bit bigger, probably just about the line of where you're going. And after that, it just... The problem is being so rounded and smooth... I just think it, it it just looks bloated. It doesn't look. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look like they made it a bigger car because, like Formula One cars, have got longer and wider and bigger, but they still they still have a an element where they look very aggressive and everything yeah. else. The the mini just looks like someone's given it another meal. They, and it's as bloated. As if attached an air pump to it and blown. Yes, it up. and just kept blowing up and yeah. blowing up and like a balloon that's about to burst. Yes. Um. Anyway, we're completely off topic. We'll go. We'll go. But yeah, Yaris GR or GR Yaris. Go. <laughs> I big fan of this car, big fan. Uh, mainly because the fact that Toyota said, uh, "Let's go with a four-wheel drive small car with two hundred and sixty horsepower," and we don't care if you know other manufacturers are not interested. We're going to just put throw that out there, and we're going to make sure it's got some great on-road driving dynamics. We're going to actually put it out there and and race it um, and we're going to offer it because they could have done a light version for the road. They could have done a front wheel drive, um, sort of hotted up one of their current Yaris. But instead they said, no, basically everything on the body needs to change. Um, we're going to put in this sort of powerful engine that can also do some good efficiency and everything else, which I know people might think, well, if you look at a performance car, what's efficiency? Of course, it still comes into it. It's still something you're considering. If they put a, a three liter V6 in it, like the Clio uh, V6 did years ago. I mean, it would be whopping great fun. Um, but would as many would it be open to as big a market? Certainly not. And it would be a heavy engine. So I think what they've done with this and been able to bring it to market, knowing that the market isn't giant, you know, giant for this car. Um, well, it, not at the price they're selling it for. It's not. No. Was it thirty three? Yeah, thirty two for a base. If you want stuff like. Parking sensors, nav, and stereo, like yeah. upgraded stereo. Sorry, yeah. 
you're talking 33 and a half. Yeah. I, I, I it's, still... It's quite a lot. I mean, you're going into, as we've said, GTI money. You are, but this is a unique car. It is. Yeah. It's just... And I, I think... Th we've discussed it many times. I think the markets for these things are disappearing now because people aren't willing to spend the money on this one-off. Like you said, it's a great different car. Mm. Yeah. Is it practical for everyday use? Um, Probably boots not. Boots tiny because they... So people necessarily aren't going to spend £33,500 on that when they could buy... When they could buy the Golf GTI. A Fiesta this, ST for 10 grand less, nearly. This is the... Well, the Golf GTI would be the same money. But yeah, you, there was a Fiesta, yeah, the Fiesta ST. Yes. Be, yeah. uh, I think this is the problem. And we picked it up in the last podcast. Especially having looked at the Mark 7 Golf GTI. It, that's just such a good all-rounder. And it really doesn't offer... You know, it, there's compromise, but it's not really compromised. Yeah. And so when you start to talk about all the other cars, really you have to say... Okay, put the Golf GTI over here and say you don't want one because it's just, it's all things to all people. Yeah, then you have to look at other cars then. But I mean, even so, like you said, you've got the Up, which and again, is half the price. Yes. Or you've got the, what was I just saying? Fiesta, Fiesta ST, which yeah. is 24-ish. The thing with this, though, is that you've got all-wheel drive here. Yeah. And you've got... A... I'm not doubting it's a good car. I'm just saying that I just, I just don't think they're going to sell too many of them. But the having price. said that, I've seen so many GRMNs yeah. around, and that's even that's obviously the next version up from this. Uh, no, it's just the, is it not? It's just the, it is a GR, and then MN is is. Um, I say just put like a body kit and stuff on it. GRMN is the is the it's a bit like saying um, uh, AMG for a Mercedes, right, okay. and it's like you saying oh, I've seen an AMG badge, but if they didn't used to, they they used to put GRMN, now they just put GR. Right, okay. That's I mean, all it is. Um so you're seeing the badge and you probably think, oh it's GRMN, but actually it's just now said GR. Okay. They dropped See, the... This is why you have me on this podcast, because I'm like the everyday listener doesn't yeah. really understand everything. Yeah. Well hopefully and and you know, we're very keen to, to be out there and say to people who are listening who possibly don't know all these bits that You'll bring something up, and maybe I won't know, and we'll check it out, or I will yeah. know, and people out there, you know, say them asking the questions. So yes, it, again, everyone listening, if you do have any questions, uh, Facebook, Instagram, the Miles Driven, pop a question to us, or, or mention a car that you think should be in this list. Um, it would be great to hear from you all. And we do upload now some of these podcasts onto YouTube. So if you want to contact us on YouTube in that way, or you want to watch it on YouTube. Just have it playing in the background when you're at home or something you can do. We've only got uh, a couple of episodes loaded up, but they are now slowly being loaded up onto YouTube. Just if you want that option, it's there. Um, anything else you want to say about the? I, I think for me, the big thing with the GR Yaris is that they could have, Toyota just could have so easily done a cop out where they said, oh yeah, we're doing a GR Yaris, but when they when it actually came to the road, it was very wishy-washy, watered down, just to try and make it match the looks of what they were actually going to go rallying with. And for them to say, no, let's let's go for it. Let's, let's, oh, let's yeah, no, like, like you said, the fact that it's there at yeah. all is, yeah, it's and, credit to them. And if you are, just if you're interested in details of the car, we have covered it in a previous podcast, so you can always just flip back through those if you just want a, a few more in, bits of information on it. Um, I don't think, interesting actually, I don't think on the Mars Room website we've got anything on the GR Yaris, so... Better get typing, my friend. Yes. Um, next up, Ford Mustang. So we know there's going to be another Ford Mustang coming out to 2023. 
the current Ford Mustang, the current generation, is still for sale um, in the UK, obviously in the USA, Europe, but uh, it's going to be discontinued pretty soon. I don't know if we're going to get the next one. I know there's one coming out, you know, so the 2023 model year, but I don't know if we're going to get it. I assume we will, um, but it it's a big cost for Ford, but you know, putting it into right-hand drive markets, Yes, there's a lot of right-hand drive markets out there, but actually the Ford Mustang is only really sold in a few of them. You know, here, uh, the Aussies, they'll, they'll like that sort of thing. I've, I know they've, they've sort of picked it up as much as we have. New Zealanders pick up a few. Um, in Japan, they're going to pick up a few, but it's not going to be offered out to all the right-hand drive markets. And so uh, I just think, are they going to bother to, to make another right-hand drive model? Hopefully so. Hopefully they're not scared off by new emission rules coming in within Europe, but um, we wait and see. But if right now you're saying to yourself, I, I actually you know, want an American muscle car or I've driven an Audi, I've driven a BMW, I want to take the opportunity to, to go into a showroom and, and buy something before it's gone, Ford Mustang, go out there. And I think, think you can still get the that forest green, uh, what was the bullet edition? No, I don't think you can actually saying that. Um, that was, I think, it was only for a couple of model years. You might find one that's still sat on a forecourt unregistered, but uh, if on it, if I'm honest, I doubt it. So, um, uh, just I think you can still get the the Mustang with a manual gearbox over here as well. So, just from that point, a five litre V eight, naturally aspirated, manual gearbox, American muscle car. In five years, when we're doing this podcast, Sam, I. I really doubt I'm going to be saying to people, you can still buy a manual V8 uh, muscle car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you say five years? In five years. Wow. So many, so many jokes. Yes. I'll, I'll let them go for now. Okay. Still being friends with you in five years. Yeah, that would be a challenge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've managed 20, so I suppose another five yeah. isn't too bad. Well, then you've got to get married and have a best man speech and all that, all this stuff. Yeah, so, kind of, that's that's this year, so there might not even be another year. In yes. <laughs> um. Last on the line uh, that I wanted to cover off, uh, Sam might have some additions, but um, I want to say if you've got quite a bit of money here, Audi R8 with a V10 engine, naturally aspirated V10, that is almost definitely going to go and disappear forever. Audi have made that pretty much abundantly clear that this will be the last time they're going to put anything naturally aspirated I, I think actually looking along their lineup they don't really do naturally aspirated anymore i'm just trying to think the rs5 uh now has a turbocharged engine used to have the 4.2 v8 um rs6 doesn't rs4 doesn't um, the rs3 and the s3 don't the s models of the big execs the s8 doesn't so this is probably the last naturally aspirated engine that audi do and uh i know you've got to be a big audi fan to want to spend what's probably about hundred and sixty thousand pounds yeah i think that's about right um but if you are out there i mean a v10 if you've never if you if you're a car enthusiast and you've never actually heard a v10 pass you it's a fantastic sound V12s, V10s, V8s. Uh, yes, we can argue the toss about 
oh, environmental, and you can get the same power out of a boosted four-cylinder or a six-cylinder or a five-cylinder, but there's a how to a V10 that I think, and, and to a V12, that just awakens something in the soul if you are a, a car enthusiast. So um, if you've never heard one, uh, go out to the nearest sort of track day at some point. Usually you can spectate uh, for free, actually, I think, for for some of them. They might charge you a small fee at the gate if you just want to spectate. But um, go and have a listen. And, and if you're someone in a position right now and you think, yeah, there's lots of um, supercars out there, I'm not sure where to put myself. You're not going to be able to buy a naturally aspirated V10 pretty soon. So um, rush out the door right now with your checkbook in hand. Actually, you wouldn't even have a checkbook now, would you? Um, I don't know if you've got the money to go and buy one of those. You might have a checkbook. You may, yes. Or just, uh, just. I don't know many people that have the money to have buy those sorts of things no. on a whim. So I don't know if those no. sorts of people have checkbooks. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought that that belonged in this in this list. Now that's. That's the end of it for me. Anything from you, Sam? I've got nothing to say on the Audi. I'm going to stay away from the R8 because I have a particular hatred for that car and I don't think it needs translating because it's okay. completely irrational. Um, I did <laughs> That's his, ha- his, his hate is irrational, not the car. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I, well it depends who you well, ask. Yes. Um, I know you were going to talk about Lamborghini and I can tangent off the Lamborghini for a couple of minutes if you want or we can add it into the next podcast. So it's up to No, you. go for it. I know we're going to do a podcast on... Hypercar You were going to talk about the Huracan, I think. Being that this Being, is also yeah. the last V10. But I was going to segue into once you've done your bit, but if you're not going to do your bit, that's fine. I'll, I'll segue into it now. Um, of how I just think that for me, I've fallen out of love with any Lamborghinis now. Okay. Since so no Aventador. I, d- I think I've just I've loaded up what I think is Lamborghinis last great car that I can made. see it on your screen I have to say I really do agree with you is it, but which one is it it's the LP674 SV okay. Lago. so only a slight difference in what we want right. I, for, for yeah, whatever reason 640, 640 yeah. for me um, for me that's the last time that Lamborghini made a Lamborghini now is this before Audi Al- no Audi owned them okay but, so, but but they actually weren't getting involved with them too uh, much. The Murcielago is is a development on from the Diablo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so really, although Audi had purchased the company once the you know once the Diablo's out and everything else, the 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 amount of influence they're yeah. having really comes in once you get to a, a Ventador generation, a yeah. Hurricane generation. I just think they've all been so toned down. It seems silly because they are still they still do they still, still look, look a bit. Yeah, but they don't look as wild. I don't think as the Murcielago. They've got more lines and they've got more sharp bits on them, sure. But and if you look at a Murcielago, you look at it and go, well, you could argue that it's got some weird lights that are a weird shape. But that looks like a Lamborghini to me. It's got those massive vents in the side. V twelve, V twelve, six and a half liter. I think. Yeah, I might be wrong on that. No, I think you're right. Six point five. Um, six hundred and sixty horsepower. Yeah. It's it's completely irrelevant this podcast, but I just wanted to segue into it when you were talking about it, but you didn't, and I had it loaded up and ready to go. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. For me, I just for me, Lamborghini's kind of gone off. Their styling has toned down. You can still say they look wild. Yes, they do, but I think it's toned down. And obviously, they're not using the V12 anymore. Uh, V12 was in the um, Aventador. Aventador. Yeah. They then got put in the 
Kuntash remake. You know, they did the Kuntash. Yeah, but they've done a couple of wild ones. They did that, what was it, the Sesto Elemental. Yeah, so was... they did a few wild stuff. But actually... Um, but I don't they've... have too many rhymes or reasons about it. But for me, I just wanted to say and give a nod to the Murcielaga being yeah. the car that we all wanted when we were younger, just for the noise it made. There weren't many cars that... Me... Even the other cars that had similar engines, they weren't making the noise that that makes. I know that sort of links into what you were saying about the R8. It does. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, is it your favourite Lamborghini? Are we talking ever? All oh, Lamborghinis. Yeah, I'd say so. The okay. Murcielago model yeah. and any variations thereof. So say this LP670 or 640. Do you have uh, a particular one for Ferrari? Just as a... I'm just wondering if it's if it's all in the same era for you or not. Yeah, I do a 360 CS. So, okay, so a few years before the... But it's, yeah. only, but it's only a, a actually... Three yeah, or four years and before this. So Carrera GT, which again is so you're, probably just before. It's that generation yeah, so, 00 to 10. Yeah. That's Maybe there's a podcast in that. Maybe we can just spend a podcast reminiscing on old. Well, not old that old. Cars. But yeah. But yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. us in, yes. in our age bracket, yeah. if you like. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we, Sorry, um, that's a completely random end to the podcast. No, it, it, you always like to add your own zest of spice to the yes, podcast, Sam. And, and then everyone's had it from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably the best part of the podcast. People, uh, unfortunately, can... everyone turned off listening yes. to you drone on about, drone on about for yeah. forty minutes. Uh, you can obviously send your thoughts of what Sam has said uh, on let's say, the yeah, Facebook I, I and Instagram. Think I might and... put up a picture of the the LP six seventy on the Facebook page with asking people to comment underneath with their favourite supercar hypercars. Yeah, and then maybe that will spin off into a a, a, a podcast that yeah. we can do on those. We we've got actually uh, in about a month or so's time we've got a podcast earmarked for some sort of hypercar supercar stuff a few things that we've driven yeah. that we want to talk about um, so you know if we people could, we, do bring yeah. up in that in the yeah. comments here we can always maybe we'll do a special as outside say, of can, the usual schedule we'll just yeah. we'll do like a special that we'll release on a certain date for for that yeah um, we did say we're going to give Sam scores to all these cars so we did. RS three. I'll go. I'm going to go with a nine for that one, just because I like I like the the A3 model. If you okay. like, this is just a, a Sam score, as in your yeah, opinion. It's a, it's a, it's a the, Sam Sam score. Yes, as opposed to the as our, the company our Sam score. Yes, our miles driven Sam score. Okay, uh, Toyota GR86 eight. Uh, the Corvette eight point five. BMW M340i in an estate nine point five. <laughs> Thought you'd go keen on that one. Uh, up GTI six. <laughs> just because, just for me, if you're no, asking as me as my this is just point, your I, I wouldn't buy one. Yeah, okay. And for me, it's a mute area of cars. GI Yaris seven. Ford Mustang. I'm going to be random here, and I might shock you and say seven point five. Interesting. I'm not a huge fan. I know that Sam and I differ quite quite a lot here. That I quite like American vehicles. In fact, there's for, especially for the powerful stuff. Um, I don't not like them. Just, no, but it's just it's yeah. not really your bag. And whenever no. we've we've sort of talked about them, if I try and veer the conversation off into American muscle, you just veer Obviously. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the well, we'll do both of them. Lamborghini Huracan with the V10. Because it's, I will add a caveat to it. Yeah. Because it's got a V10. Yeah. Eight point five. And if it's just the Huracan model, six. Okay. I don't like small Lamborghinis. I didn't like the Gallardo either. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think we know we're going to get a very biased one for this one. But the R8... <laughs> one. <laughs> no, I'll be I'll be reasonably saying a six. Okay. 
So up GTI and and the R eight the R eight design. Is you, know, you, we could can... up, you could offer me both outside. Okay, yeah. it's tough, but neither flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but that is just Sam's personal yeah. Sam score, not our uh, Mars driven Sam score. Yeah. Um, that's it from us for this one. I, I do want to just put actually honourable mention Alpine A one ten or A one ten S five because it's ugly. Uh, Sam's not look of it fine it's uh a bit you know it's going to be a bit of a um a split on people who like the look of it and who don't yeah of course but i think that falls into this category it's one of those cars that i'm not sure we're going to get again once they stop making it i think so it will have to go partially hybrid or have to go all electric and for a driver's car yes i know it's got a 1.8 liter out of mcgann um, rs in the back of it but I actually think it's a it's a, it's a well designed, well constructed sports car. Whether it's got a huge market separate to that, whether people like the look of it, but I think it's worth a quick honourable mention onto the list. Outside of that, Sam, anything more you want to add to this uh, to this podcast? Not to this one. I think I hot, uh, kiboshed the end of it. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, as I say, if you do want to reach out to us. Uh, you can oh, also I do want to say if you do listen to this podcast and you enjoy it if you could give us a a review on whatever um, whatever podcast app you have um, and just like it and, and if, if you really enjoy it tell a friend and get them to listen it does help us out just with fitting into all the algorithms that are out there to to get other people and to get new listeners and everything else so if you like it leave us a quick review on whatever podcasting app you use and uh, if you've got the opportunity to like it or whatever else, do that for us. It just helps us out. But um, apart from that, have a great day. And au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>